0: Welcome to Faith Fondue, a podcast featuring author and speaker Haley Maria and teacher and blogger Ann Strickers. Faith Fondue will feature a melting pot of topics ignited by a flame, our faith, and guided by the Holy Spirit. It's the week of December 5th, the second Sunday in Advent, the Sunday of Love. And it has been a heck of a week for Notre Dame football fans, culminating uh, today with an invitation to the PlayStation Fiesta Bowl on January 1st against the Cowboys of Oklahoma State. And we could spend our entire episode talking about Notre Dame football, but let's make sure we stay true to our name, Faith Fondue, and talk about a melting pot of topics. Anne, how was your week?
1: Thanks, Haley. I'm looking forward to talking about, yeah, things other than college football. I mean, part of me is like, I'm part of the problem. I just, there's so many problems in college football in terms of like the money and it as a demonstration of what we value and me like spending as much time thinking about it is part of the problem. So, mm. so I'm glad we will be talking about, we will be talking about that, okay? Um, we will also be talking about your son's end of the season banquets, um, some traditions that you and your husband, Jamie have. I'm gonna share a Christmas story, maybe a little commentary on Hallmark movies. And um, we'll talk a little bit about the gospel um, for the week. And I have a new read from Matthew Kelly, The Generosity Habit. So Haley, where would you like to start? Where do you want to throw your, where's the dart on the dartboard going? Oh
0: my gosh, what a week, right? Um, I'm sure your phone was blowing up as much as mine was um, with the news of Brian Kelly leaving for LSU, departing Notre Dame, uh, former head coach there. And then, of course, um, ending this Friday with the appointment of our defensive coordinator, Marcus Freeman, to the head coach. But, you know, the the crazy thing about news like that is, you know, life still goes on, right? Like, we still have to work. We still have events we have to do at night, responsibilities um, at a time when you really could get consumed by social media. But again, there's a lot that we can talk about. Here's the one thing I'll say about this week. I just... Kept thinking about the student athletes, the players. Um, what that roller coaster of a week must have been like for them on their last full week of classes. You know, these are mm-hmm. these are students, and they they the their lives were completely um, you know disrupted. As as much as it seems like they're very thrilled with the outcome of you know who was appointed yeah. as their coach. Um, my heart just really goes with them. Um, so that's that's really where my head was primarily in terms of that. but fun week for us, Edward, they had the end of the season water polo banquet as you mentioned, I know we've mentioned banquets before and talked about you know how do you truly honor a team um it was it was fun. you know as a mom of a senior who's graduating you've you've attended these banquets for four years now and, I, would, I think most parents, you know, when their child is a freshman, sophomore, junior, you kind of look to the seniors and think, oh my gosh, what will that be like when my child gets there? And, you know, it was not, um, it just, it seemed perfect and exactly what you would want it to be or what I would want it to be, which was just an a, a honest recognition of what the team has done. And that doesn't always happen in sports, right? Yeah. Coaches can be subjective. They can, you know, seasons cannot go the way you want them to. So I have to say it was a pretty perfect ending for, you know, his mm-hmm. career and his, his water polo time. But Great. but it was interesting. You know, I had several younger moms of younger children text me and say, how did you not cry the whole time? How did you do this? And oh, I thought, you know, it was just, yeah. it was it was perfect. It ended, I think, the yeah. way you would want it to, which is just genuine and you that's don't, great. you don't always get that in sports, so. Yeah,
1: that's, that's awesome. Yeah, what a, that was kind of fun. To the, to the program, um, and just a gift for your son, and for the families in attendance,
0: I think that's great. Yeah, yeah. high school sports can be, um, sort of wacky. <laughs> you know, and I'm just,
1: I'm not surprised that you're thinking of the student-athlete, just having, you having been a D1 athlete, however, like, I don't know. Like I don't, from what I've heard from a lot of players at Notre Dame, like they actually didn't go there because of Brian Kelly. And I, I do think with a program that size, I mean, it's very possible. Like I know for a fact, Lou Holtz didn't know all his players and they set the tone and there, you know, there's no doubt about it. Like the head coach has such a huge impact, but I do think with a team of that size, as long as athletes have a connection with one coach in particular, Right. I think that that's essential. So I realized like the domino goes down and Brian Kelly could have taken everyone with him. So in that sense, it's like a waiting game. But then when we see the outcome, you know um, but you know, like Kyle Hamilton and a number of them who did their emergency podcast for like, you know, we came here for the education. We came here for the opportunities that Notre is going to provide. And that was really good to hear because it's like any program is bigger than the coach. For sure. any program for sure. For sure. and you know we put a lot of money like I said into that coaching position because they set the tone but you know and they are describing Marcus Freeman as this player's coach but there's all different kinds of coaches and um you know there's also different levels of investment for players and relationships with the coach so it's it is if anything a good case study right and
0: absolutely you know,
1: hearing What people think, and I mean, the different reactions I think were fascinating. Um, you know, people have said, What do you think of Coach Freeman? and I said, Well, I'm excited, I support him, and I said, I will always support the head coach until he or she provides me a reason to otherwise. Like, that's how I feel as an as athlete, as a sportsman, as you know, a granddaughter of a coach, as a coach myself. Like, you should support your coach until again, you have reason to support otherwise. So this is a great opportunity. It's a new era. Um, we'll just, you know, yeah. It's exciting. You know,
0: and, and you're absolutely right. It was refreshing to hear. I, I still think it was a tumultuous week for the, the student athletes. However, it was, it was refreshing to hear them say that their connection to Notre Dame is Notre Dame and not Brian Kelly, uh, because it means they, that we recruited that Notre Dame recruited the right kind of guys, right? They clearly yeah. recruited kids who wanted to be at Notre Dame. And so, you know, that's a kudos to, you know, the rec- recruiting that's been done over the past several years. Um, and, you, you know, you're right. I had a different experience, obviously much different than most athletes had today, but we didn't have a bunch of assistant coaches. So, um, you know, our head coach was our coach, and that was my connection to the program um, compared to, uh, yeah, I would imagine that most, you know, on a team that's so large like football, you're You know really close personal connection is probably with you know your position coach i don't know that i'm not a football player i don't have a football player but um i can see where that that might be a little different um as well but the players seem happy i thought um you know it it was notre dame does things like this very well um you know losing a coach is hard losing a coach unexpectedly was probably really hard Um, but I think at the end of the week, you know, we were talking a a lot's changed since we last taped, um, but I think we're in, you know, a a better place right now than perhaps we were even last Sunday. Um, so that's got to make everybody feel good. Yeah. So I always, always, and speaking of places, so Jamie and I, so, you know, my husband used to work in New York city, um. You know, we live in Annapolis, Maryland, but for 10 of the years, and we've been here for 18 years, 10 of those years, he worked in New York City and would go up almost every week. So we used to spend a lot of time in New York City, and we would always take a trip this first week in December. We would go, I would just go up with him, you know, for the few days he was working there, and we would go see shows. We are both huge Broadway fans. Um, Fun. And, you know, my I have family that live up there and I don't, not a big shopper, but I love to just walk around and browse and spend time yeah. in the city at Christmas. And we couldn't do it last year. Um, and I we didn't even do it the year before that because he had just left his job. Um, so we didn't make it up there. And so it had been a few years since we made that, you know, annual trip of using Amtrak points to hop on the train and hotel points uh, to stay at a hotel and we made that quick trip up. We went back to Broadway, saw a show, spent you know a day in the city and it was it just felt normal. Um, you know there's a lot of things in life right now that don't seem normal, but it was um, a nice little break for us, but also made us very hopeful. you know certainly last week, the first week of Lent was hope. And, um, you know, made, made us very hopeful. So, you know, even with this crazy variant that's, that's coming up that we can return to a little bit of normal and the things that, that we enjoy. So kind of a fun little, little getaway for us.
1: Now it sounds like a great holiday tradition. And, um, what show did you see? I'm always curious to hear. So
0: we went and saw six, the musical and it's, um, it's about the six wives of Henry the eighth. So it, um, Oh yeah. Okay. Yep. It, it had played in London and was scheduled to open on Broadway in March of 2020. So I had wanted to see it. You know, I was, we were planning to go as soon as it came to the States and uh, of course had to wait about a year and a half to get there, but, um, it was great. It was, it's very clever. It's very fun. It's very modern. Um, it tells a lot of history, but it, it's okay. probably not for everybody. I loved it.
1: Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. Well, as a history major, that makes sense. Yes. And um, yeah, it's great that Broadway's back and just the talent and the voices of people is tremendous. So what a great holiday tradition. That sounds really fun. Um, you mentioned shopping and my parish has a women's group. It's actually one of the reasons I, so I I divided my time between St. Dominic's and St. Vincent de Paul, but this Women's group was one of the reasons I kind of again like sway towards St. Vincent de Paul, that in the 8 a.m. time that I really like for Sunday Mass. And they do a fundraiser every year, and it's basically go to these stores, you know, people will be pouring champagne, and, you know, there's cookies, and you, any percentage of what you buy. Um, goes to the scholarship fund run by the women's club and then there's dinner afterwards. So we did not have it last year. We did it this year and it is, it's just like interesting to think of shopping as like a hobby or as an interest, like you said, Mm -hmm. because yeah, you go, you browse, part of it is just having this spirit of, yeah, I'll try it on. And even though you don't think you'll get it. And sometimes then you end up deciding to purchase something, but it is like, it is something to think about like you know how you engage in that activity like are you the fun spirited person who you know does try on things and some people just buy a lot but again um you don't want to just not you know just be totally passive either so it's um it's a fun way to get together and um yeah the city looks great you know with lights and whatnot. So it's
0: fun it, that is great. I am a um, I'm a big Christmas light fan so even just turning off the lights and walking around the, the yeah. city and seeing all the Christmas yeah. lights.
1: <laughs> well I have a Christmas story uh, for our listeners. Um, it's related to what we've talked about before. So I don't remember the context for how this came up but I had mentioned I have a neighbor and he and I had like a confrontation about eight years ago It was over a parking spot. I live on a very commercial street. In fact, there's tons of lights. And there's tons of parking problems around the holidays because people come to this part of San Francisco to go shopping up and down. And my apartment is literally on the street, Fillmore Street. So um, we really got into it. It was very heated. Um, I, re- I might have been in the wrong, Haley. I, I remember. I yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't remember the gist of it, but I would see him all the time. He's, he's not like the warmest person, like some people's energy or like body language, like chill, relaxed, whatever, he generally seems pretty angry. I don't know what his perception of me is, but I try to look people in the eye, I try to kind of smile, but anytime I would see this person, it was, you know, uncomfortable. So last night I was heading out for um, a fundraiser event and I saw him with his bicycle going to go into his building. And I thought, here we go. Cause I had seen him a couple times since the, you know, episode. And so I just said to him, you know, cause he's he's working on opening the gate. And I said, you know, I, di- I see you all the time and I just want to apologize for whatever happened eight years ago. I said, I'm so sorry that happened. And um, I just, I don't feel great about it. So please know that I regret that we had that confrontation. And I don't know exactly what he said right then, but he says to me, you're a high school teacher, aren't you? And I said, I am. He's like, so am I. And I said, no way. And he's like, yeah, I teach at Balboa High School. And I said, well, God bless you. And he said, no, 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 God bless you. And then we just started talking about the challenge of teaching right now um, in this post-COVID world and like our weeks before Thanksgiving, like virtual and non-virtual whatnot. And then he's like, he told me his name and he put his hand out to shake hands. And I like literally took both of my hands and like shook his hand. Um, it was so nice. And I just said, I'm really glad we got to meet you. So I don't know if I would have done that if it wasn't for our show or prayer or something, but um, yeah, I'm not going to say we're ha- he's coming out for dinner next week. I mean, that's not the kind of thing, but I now have um, a neighbor that I know. So, so,
0: and that's amazing. I, I, um, I love hearing that. Good for yeah. you and good for him. Yeah. And I wonder how he knew you were a teacher. What's that? I wonder how he knew you were a teacher.
1: Yeah, I mean, good question. I don't know, you know, if I, I have no idea if I said something or, I mean, it's pretty obvious when you have a backpack <laughs> every day that says St. Francis Athletics and the schedule you keep. Um, but yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. I I didn't think to say, how did you know that? So
0: yeah, but now we're neighbors, maybe we'll friends. Now you're neighbors. Well, and now you don't have to... Um... Kind of a dread, to... run... yeah, or dread running into him, right? So... Not at all.
1: No, I look forward to seeing him next time.
0: Yeah, that's no. great. Well, what a gift he yeah. gave you then, right? Because that might he not... Again, I'd like him to know that.
1: So, yeah. So for people who hold on to something like that, I mean, you know, I'm a huge Ted Lasso fan. and the last episode, there's this apology that totally goes in a different direction, you know? And you have to be prepared that... Somebody could give an apology like that. Um, it's between Ted and Nate. And um, Nate's words are pretty biting. Um, and I don't think, I mean, I don't know, as the viewer, I was like, wow, that w- I wasn't expecting that. So I think it's fair to say you have to be prepared that somebody's not going to be. So this really was a gifted encounter. I don't take it for granted. So
0: no, absolutely. Well, it's um, I think it's a good lesson for us too, right? To think mm-hmm. how good, think how good you feel now because he made that outreach. And where in our lives can we make that outreach for others? Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. to hopefully put ourselves in that position of being a good neighbor. You know, he yeah. talked about living the gospel yeah. right there out on the street, right? Uh, probably from true. the probably from the place you least expect it. But um, you know, God works in mysterious ways, and at this point, he worked through someone who, um, um, you know, you, you least expected it from
1: yeah no I'm glad I'm really glad about it it's got- it's good to be able to tell good good news because there's enough going on in our world right now that's just really hard to talk about those things so small victories
0: well, there is you know, and life is you know especially as the news is, of this variant comes and goes and we don't know what it's gonna mean and it's hard to watch the news these days um you know whatever whatever side you're on and whatever you believe just the news is so skewed i I even find it difficult to listen to because. It, it, it too is so, you know, subjective. There's, there's just not a lot of objectivity, but there, there is one thing that I think everybody loves or should love if they don't. And that is a good game of bingo. So there is an event at my son's high school. It's mother's I Day. thought
1: you were going to say candy corn, Haley. Oh,
0: Sorry, no, just... no, 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 no. That's yeah. about as divisive okay. as politics. <laughs>
1: okay. Got it. Got
0: it. Okay. No bingo. So there is a, um, our, the mother's club at Mount St. Joe, my boys high school has an annual bingo game. Um, of course, again, last year it was postponed because of COVID because Uh, they probably get about a thousand women jammed into the cafeteria. They had to move it to the gym this year playing bingo it is byob it is byo food it is oh interesting it mm-hmm. is um it is just a rockin' good time and that's great they all the money that is raised goes towards the seniors post-prom party they do a you know a, a large overnight till 5 a.m kind of lock in after prom to keep the kids safe but um you know it's just there's something about a game that is just chance and totally right. being with friends and dressing up in kind of my silly Christmas gear and just getting together um, mm-hmm. in a very simple way. You know, this is not, of, of course, any school event takes a lot yeah. to be put on, especially when you have a thousand people there, but just kind of that simple bingo game that anybody can yeah. play. I've played bingo with my kids yeah. since they were two.
1: Yeah. Um, oh, sometimes, totally. sometimes
0: yeah. the basics are the most fun. It is, yeah. it, it is You're truly, right. truly my favorite event that they have up at yeah. St. Joe. Um, as soon as the, it sells out every year within days, as soon as the wow. tickets are available, I buy a table cause I know I can fill it. And, um, I just, I look forward to it every year. In fact, I have a good yeah. friend. She goes with me every year. Her kids don't even go to that school, but she, she wouldn't miss it. Her husband took a trip to Florida this weekend, and she said, I can't go with you. I'm going to bingo.
1: (laughs) That's great. Well, I like that. this B-Y-O food. Yes. Because I imagine people bring things to share. Absolutely. And B-Y-O-B, which is good. My um, grandmother really loved bingo, and she was smart as a whip. So I didn't totally understand her love of bingo, because we played a lot of cards and she was very good at that. So I, yeah, like you're right, the game of chance, but it's about the companionship and yes. that's such a Catholic school thing, Catholic school culture. And it's really disappeared um, in the city. St. Ignatius where I used to work had Monday night bingo and um, the kids who were on tuition assistance had to work it or something. But the priest that I talked about last week that died his funeral, who's this Friday, he was in charge of bingo. I mean, he was at every bingo. All, I mean, every Monday, and he knew all those people, and one of the stories I love about Tony is he'd be giving the Eucharist to kids at Mass, and he'd be like, you need to get the wine, you know, be sure to get the blood of Christ, like, he would just tell people as they were coming up, and then he'd be like, I saw your grandmother, Monday, bingo, body of Christ, and he would just always, like, give these you know side notes that one of them was always about bingo because you do get a lot of people at it and it's a lot of retired people and it gets them out of the house and Mm -hmm. they can yeah be together and have fun and have a chance at winning that's really what it is well you
0: know what I think you hit it on the head and I, I, I think this is what I truly love about it and I hadn't really thought of it in this way it is it is the sense of community you know it is this this table that I have, and it's a game that you can be social during, right? It's not, mm. it, it is a game of chance. Yeah. So it's not right. like a card game that you have to pay attention to or a chess game where there's strategy and you have to think there is no strategy in bingo, except for making sure you don't miss a number that's called. Um, But yeah. so it is the community which aspect. Requires something. Which yeah. does, yeah. it really does, especially with the, the challenging, you know, microphone sound system they had, which most Catholic schools have, tough sound systems but they had the board up anyway it and and that is of course such a hallmark of catholic schools right it's what we love about um you know the schools we work at the schools that we've attended uh is that sense of community so i it is the bingo but it, it really is the whole experience so there you go,
1: Mount St. Joe. Yeah, it's great. it was. I love it. it was very fun. Yeah. So It'd be fun with the holidays too, because you could really, you know, with decorations and music, I mean, certain times of the year, my parish does a disco bingo and like interrupts it with like, I don't know, disco stuff. It, I wasn't keen on it, but I, I think the opportunity for a Christmas bingo is exceptional. So
0: yeah, Absolutely. If you ever find yourself on the East Coast, first week in December, know. you know hey, where I'll be. Yeah, you
1: know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. Olympic Club, bingo night. That's going to be next. That would just be, you know, that would be, that would be a drunk fest. So, yeah.
0: Well... Time to move on to the spiritual stew.
1: <laughs> exactly, yeah. Now, is there any beer in that stew? My mom always put beer in our, our beef stew.
0: No, but there there was some beer consumed last night. Not at our table. We're more wine drinkers, but um, yeah. beer and stew is pretty good. That would be more of like a stout, I think.
1: Yes, I think you're right, yeah.
0: <laughs> Can you put
1: red wine in stew?
0: Sure, it makes it more it really of like is. a burgundy. Yeah, you could. Yeah, <laughs>
1: Yeah. Okay. So, what's cooking in your spiritual
0: stew? Here? So, it, Talk. it, so I, you know, I mentioned last week the, um, so my spiritual stew this week's come comes from the Gospel of Luke. I know we read Luke or Luke was read yeah. to us this, you know, today at Mass. It's a little bit of a different reading. So, I had mentioned last week, you know, one of the reasons that Advent is such a treasure time in in my life and in my childhood was the Advent program that my mother had put together that we. Practiced and participated in our home. So I still have my mother's handwritten program that I still use. It's about to fall apart. I should probably type it up. So I have it, but I still love reading from her handwriting. Um, so I will probably always keep that copy. But the reading um, for this week, the second Sunday in Advent, um, it's the, the week of love. You know, the first week of Advent is hope, second week is love. Um, it's from Luke one 26 through 33. Um, and I won't read it, but it is, it's the passage where the angel Gabriel appears to Mary mm-hmm. and says, you know, these two phrases that really, um, jump out at us, I think, cause we hear them in so many other areas of our faith life. And that is, you know, the first is the Lord is with thee, right? The Gabriel comes down and tells Mary, God is with you. Those, I think of those words a lot, you know, they're in the hail Mary as well. But say, you know God is, God is with her. Um, that's mm-hmm. that's powerful when you really think about it. I mean, of course we know God was with Mary, but when you really think about that, God is with you, with, with you. I mean that's that's kind of what we all need to want and feel all the time. Um, and mm-hmm. then of course, she you know he says the words do not be afraid. And I think I mentioned this either last week or the week before. How could you not be afraid if an angel is showing up in front of you? Um, you know, or if God appeared to you, I think we would all be terrified. Um, you know, I hope we would be open of course to to seeing that and listening yeah. to what they were saying, but um, that idea of not being afraid, but one of the things um, that I love about this advent program is and maybe it's just advent in general. The themes are so universal um, the the theme of hope that we that we talked about last year and Um, and I'll share more of this as we move through Advent, but part of the program, there's a reading, there's a song we sing, there's a prayer at the end and the prayer is the same every year. And it is amazing to me that the prayer is applicable to our life right now every year. So this is a prayer that was written, you know, by my mom, or maybe she took it from somewhere. Um, you know, all I again have is it in her handwriting, uh, that she wrote, 40 some years ago and yet every time I read it every year whether it's last week hope this week love you know next week is joy and then we move on to gifts those prayers relate to where we are today in our lives um and I and I think that's that I think that's what I love about it you know I think that's what I love about certain priests when they preach at mass you know that's what a really good homily is is taking the word of God, taking the gospel and making it applicable to our lives today. Um, this Advent yeah. program definitely does that. So the idea of just remembering God is with us and do not be afraid. Uh, boy, if we could remember just those two simple, simple passages, um, it, it it's hard to live by them. But boy, if we could and remember it and really live that way, um, we'd be a lot better off. Yeah.
1: Yeah. What, I mean, two great messages. Thank you for those. I mean, God is with us. That is Emmanuel, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. that's what the name literally means. So if you want to just pray with Emmanuel or yeah, with the phrase, I think that's a great way to pray. What does that mean? Um, And yeah, we see that for Joseph when he's visited, you know, angels always have that message. the, The opening message is be not afraid. And it's the first words of John Paul II's papacy when he took the, you know. What is it, the balcony in Rome, right? He said, be not afraid. Um, it's an interesting message, isn't it? Um, because I don't know somebody like her faith. I mean, I've had things in my life, for example, like I think about my heart incident, like when it was happening, I wasn't afraid. You know, I wasn't, I never thought I was going to die. I wasn't afraid. And then sometimes fear kicks in later. Do you know what I mean? And so sometimes like I would think for a woman this faith-filled, there probably would have been confusion, but I would imagine she's so close with God. And then somehow at some point it's like, you know, Oh, at some point be like, wait, is this not right? Is this normal? You know? And then to to go back to those words, be not afraid. It's like, okay. Okay. And I, I can't speak for Mary's experience, but it'd be interesting just to kind of, you know, put ourselves in that gospel reading to see how might we feel. And right. uh, You know, what are times in our lives where we have been afraid and when, when are times where we haven't been afraid? I mean, you know, and maybe we should have been, you know? So, um, yeah, what a beautiful reading too to choose. Absolutely. That's why we love Advent.
0: That is why yeah. we love Advent. Yeah. And you know, it would be interesting. I should, um, that's a, be a great conversation to have with my mom. Where did you get, where did you, where did, where did yeah. this come from? Um, yeah. where, did you pick yeah. the readings? Is it, yeah, I'll have, I know. To, maybe that'll yeah. be part of my melting pot. My takeaway is, is I love it. Learning more about where well, that, that the, the genesis of that
1: I mean, it sounds like a great resource, so great that like, I mean, I don't know, more people should, you know, have it. Um, So props to your mom, shout out to your mom here. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, go mom. Um, In our spiritual, what I'll contribute to the stew in addition to the stout is, um, this is a new book by Matthew Kelly. Um, It's called The Generosity Habit. And it's just about the power of generosity. And I just thought it was such a positive message. And it's talking about how like generosity is good for you. Um, And one of the things is that the next beauty trend, it says philosophers and poets have been suggesting that there is a link between moral and physical beauty for thousands of years, which I thought was super interesting because I've had, you know, like I think I've talked about this, like the emphasis on, beauty in our culture, you know, like, I mean, okay. I went walking for a friend with a friend yesterday. I'm pretty sure she had Botox. Okay. And she looks good. I mean, I'm not going to say she doesn't. And so then I got my haircut. Okay. So I'm spending a lot of money. Like I'm not throwing my friend in the bus. And I said to the hair you know, stylist, have you had Botox? She's like three times. And she told me about, you know, what she did and why she did it. And, You know, and how it's diminishing returns in a sense, because once you get it, you need to, you know, get the injection all Mm the time. But my point here is that's just one of, I mean, you know this, like hundreds of things that we can spend money on, right? For our physical beauty. If it's not your hair highlighted, straightened, I mean, you name it, right? We get fillers. She was talking about fillers. I I learned about that. Do you know about fillers?
0: I I know what they are. I've never had them. Yeah.
1: I haven't either. I don't, I will not, I can say with confidence, I will not, uh, you know, designer clothing, designer jewelry. Right. But, you know, to know that, but it's like, that's the only, you know, I say this, it's only skin deep. Right. And to, you know, there is something about our, our, our worth, our who we are as people, our inner beauty. And, you know, it's the poets and the philosophers that are speaking of this. It's not, you know, the people in social media that are, um, although we could, I could contribute to social media by sharing that message. So lots of thoughts on generosity. And one of the ideas that I think is really true is that it's um, contagious. I do think it's contagious. Um, for example, that fundraiser I was at last night, they were asking people to give $100 to help tuition assistance. One person did not then everybody at our table ended up doing it. You know, I mean, it's something we could all do. It is contagious. So I um, appreciated reading that. Um, and then there's just different ways to think of generosity, but it, um, it also talked about this quote from mother Teresa, who we're both fans of, um, she said, never worry about numbers, help one person at a time and always start with the person nearest you. Um, and that was that generosity is unexpected and it's visionary. That's why that quote was there. So yeah, it's, it's unexpected. That's the whole point. Like someone's giving because they want to there's a desire, there's a response. And if they give $5, if they give a hundred, like it's not about the numbers, it's about the action. And, um, and of course she's talking about ministry to people. Who do we, right. who do we give to the person next to you? You know, which is, it's doable. So,
0: you know, it's interesting. I, um, I I've heard that quote before, as I know you have too, but I think I heard it a little differently. Um, you know, I, I, and I guess it could be taken really in any way and maybe, you, won't, sure. you know, right. don't never right. worry about I'm
1: surprised in a way it was there. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Never worry about numbers. Um, you know, I'm not thinking that in terms of, you know, monetary numbers. I'm thinking like, don't feel like you have to change the world. You know, don't feel like mm. you have to, you know, touch mm. a thousand yeah. people or a hundred people, yeah. right? You can just yeah. make an impact yeah. on one person. And that yeah. is doing, you know, the work that God wants us to do, right? You don't have to feel like you're changing the world. That can be very yeah. over, very overwhelming. Um, most people may not even have a desire to do that. But if you can make a difference in one person's life, that's, a, that's as big a gift as, um, you know, someone who does reach, you know, tens or thousands of yep. people. Yeah. Um, but it's a great reminder that it really is just about the generosity of spirit. Um, you know that they yeah. really just want us to yeah. be kind to one another, right? To show that love yeah. that that we talk about, you know, in, in Advent this week. Um, and yeah. and if it's just the person next to us, you know, for for those who are married, being kind to your spouse, that doesn't always come, you know, naturally or daily for yeah. some people. So. Just being kind and showing that love within your family makes a big difference, right? Being kind it to your neighbor, about that. your neighbor yep. on the street, right? Right. All um, right. You know, he was living out exactly what what Mother Teresa is saying. He didn't have to, you know, change everybody and make an impact on everyone who was at the 49ers game, he made a difference in your life and that will yep. have that ripple effect. I I completely agree and believe that generosity is contagious. Um mm-hmm. you know there's that great commercial and I don't even know what it's for. So I guess okay. in that sense it wasn't very good advertising because I don't remember the product. Yeah. But it's um it's the commercial, I'm sure you've seen it. They played it for a while where you know, someone's walking on a street and they see someone help somebody else out, and then they help someone and someone sees them. Yeah, it's it's kind right. of this snowball effect of um, when you see kindness, it inspires you to be kind. Um, and boy, yeah. couldn't our world <laughs> use more of that. Yeah. Um so you never know, you know, your your neighbor being kind to you will make an impact on your life. Someone might have seen that kindness and you know, that might inspire them. So absolutely, I believe that generosity is contagious.
1: Yeah. So for anyone who's interested, it's called the generosity habit. Um, It has, you know, generosity is good for you. It improves your physical health, improves your mood. Generous people live longer. It evokes gratitude and contentment. Generous people have better relationships. Mm -hmm. It makes us happy. It transforms the way we feel about ourselves. Generous people tend to have more friends. Hmm. Yeah, I feel like I'm gonna read this to my students tomorrow. It stimulates a more positive outlook on life. It has a mysterious way of rewarding you tenfold. And I think just to bring it full circle, I mean, that's, you know, the workers in the vineyard and at the end of the day, right, they are all paid the same wages. And some of them are angry about this, but the point is like a biblical notion of justice is that God's justice is overflowing. And it's not what we meet by a worldly standard. Like, yeah, those people at the end of the day also got like it was very gen- god was generous with them mm-hmm. was he generous with the first people i mean i would imagine it doesn't say they were paid less than minimum wage but it's harder to be on that end you know i would have i would have been grumpy and upset too but our paradigm for what is deserved or should be given is not god's and that's the point of that reading so yes
0: Well, Um, which fits in with so much of what God does is it's, it's his, it's his idea of generosity, not ours, right? It's his idea of love, not ours. It's his concept of time, not ours. Um, you know, there's so many different ways that we clearly need to get the message. It is, it. it, this is not our life, you know, this is his, Mm -hmm. and, um, it'd be a great thing to remember. So I think, you know, from, for the melting pot, for the takeaways this week, um, I, you know, I was thinking about the theme of love this week for Advent to show love in all my actions, in my words, um, you know, actions I can do words, you know, are usually pretty good, but I'm going to take it a step further and really try to show, um, the love in my thoughts. And that's, that's a challenge sometimes, you know, there, obviously there's things we think that we don't say. Um, but those thoughts still, um, you know, they, there's, they're still a part of you and and certainly God knows what they're, what you're thinking. Um, so I'm going to work on, you know, very loving thoughts and, um, you know, not being snarky in my thoughts, um, and certainly not being, I know. No, it's like such a good one. It is, it is. So no snark anywhere. I'm really going to try to live this, this week, just in a state of love and, I would imagine, I don't know this, I'll report back next week that um, really focusing on that will probably lead to a more generous spirit. Um, So we'll see. I think that's ultimately um, what God wants us to do is live in a state of love. And then, um, you know, that's going to flow out of us with that generous spirit. So that's my goal. It seems pretty lofty, but I'm going to give it a shot.
1: I think it's a worthy goal. And um, I think I think it's so fitting because, yeah, like you said, with the theme of Advent, what a great way when you're lighting your Advent wreath this week, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm going to, I think my goal, my takeaway is the God is with us. God with, you know, God with you, God with anybody, but God is with us. I'm really going to pray with that. So thank you for sharing that. And um, what a perfect prayer during the Advent season. Um, So, yeah, and maybe, you know, maybe after this, I'll, I don't know, maybe it is part of Advent. Like, you know, I, now that you thought, now that we've talked about it, I on when at the shopping spree or whatever event that um, I brought my old roommate and I apologized to her for all the times I was not very clean. <laughs> okay. And I could have been a tidier roommate. I said, I just want to, I want to apologize. And I want to just say thank you for your patience with me because I'm, you know, we're going to have a house meeting, but you know, we have some issues with about cleanliness and, you know, who does what and you know in married life it's you're on the same team and when you're roommates you're a little bit individual but we share mm-hmm. a common space so it's a human it's a universal struggle I'm sure but um yeah I apologize to her then so maybe that apology made way for this one but it's it's good to reconcile relationships um you know because we carry the
0: weight of them whether we know it or not absolutely absolutely including the you know the relationship with your neighbor that you don't even really know—you know what a burden. Come yeah, right? Yeah, what a burden that yeah. has been relieved there as well. So again, I think it all comes back to being loving in our thoughts and our words and our action, and um, and having that generous spirit flow out, whether it comes in generosity of giving or giving, you know, apologies and gratitude as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Anne, have a great week. Hopefully, we won't have the roller coaster of a week that we did this past week. Uh, I don't
1: think we can. I don't think that's, I don't think that's possible because oh, your phone and my phone were blowing up,
0: right? Because
1: <laughs> it was news. So it, yeah, you're right. It Everything was is possible, but I Anything's think it's possible. Yeah,
0: true. But I think we did a great job of um, focusing on where we wanted to focus in our podcast and not spending too much time on what truly we could have spent the entire time talking about. But let me tell you my thoughts and, um, would not have come out loving in my words. So, um, I'm glad that we, we steered clear of that and hopefully we're we able, your goal. We're oh, able to we're able to pass the right, you're yeah.
1: on the right track. pass, on, go,
0: pass on the message of love. So Anne, have a great week.
1: You too, Haley.